Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Josh. And we're hosting a new show from Big Talk Podcast called Junk Drawer. Did you ever wonder where all the crap in your junk drawer comes from? Like, really comes from? Well, we do. So each episode, we give you the history of all that shit you have stuck in that cluttered mess. Who invented scotch tape? What are bouncy balls made of? What is an NFT? And to keep you guessing, we'll be swapping off hosting duties each episode. That's right. The host is going to pick the topic and rock out some sweet research, and the other one sits there and learns. So join us every two weeks as we go rummaging through our junk drawer. Wait, junk drawer. We already did it. We're good. We know. Okay. All right. You want to do it again? Kevin and Josh will reveal a lot about all of the stuff that you forgot. Some of it may come as quite a shock, it's just lying in your junk drawer. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met We'll talk about the things they say and do There's a question posed to old and new Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Well, it's that time of the year again where all of the holidays are upon us, so that means it's time for winter break. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be taking a little break here for the rest of December because it's that time of fucking year. We're going to go chill out, see our families and friends, and eat a lot of cookies and be lazy and prep for the next year, and hibernate for a bit. So that's what we're going to do. But we're going to be back in January with some great new interviews, with some great new episodes of Getting to Know Your Host with our guest, Kim Bowler. And we might have some more fun stuff going on. Uh, also, don't forget to go catch up on our other show called The Junk Drawer with myself and Josh Sigorin as we give you the history of all the dumb shit that you find in your junk drawer. It's a lot of fun. So go check out that show uh, and get ready for the next year because that's what we're all going to be doing. Uh, other than that, rate, review us. And have a great holiday, everybody. Um, go hug somebody. And don't forget to hug yourself. Just fucking everybody take a breath. And let's get back to it. And let's really fucking kick next year's ass, shall we? Let's just be cool to each other. <laughs> Please. We don't have a lot of time here, so let's not be dicks. Let's just hang out and be happy. How about that? Ooh, I'm so fucking stoked for our guest today. For 44 years, he was a radio DJ across the country. You also know his voice from countless radio and TV ads. But most of you know him for the past 20 years as the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Downs. Can you hear me now? Hey, there, there you are. are. Okay, hey. sorry. Yeah, for some reason I was not unmuting it. It was not obeying my commands. This this whole Zoom situation, virtual thing that's been going on this whole past couple of years, it's amazing how after all this time, it still is a mystery sometimes. It just decides <laughs> not to work or, or it just, you know, changes all its settings all of a sudden. And you're like, why is everything so different? So yeah, I, yeah. I was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Steve, how are you doing? I'm fine, Kevin. How are you? Are you in Chicago? I am in Chicago. I am in Chicago. It's a surprisingly a nice, gorgeous, sunny day that I think is only like 45 degrees outside. Well, that sounds like November in Chicago. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly how it is. Which Where is why you? I'm I'm in Florida. I'm in uh, Sarasota. Oh, okay, great. I love. I'm I'm from the Mississippi Gulf Coast originally, so all that and ah. of Florida, like uh, Destin and Pensacola and that whole area. Sure. Yeah, uh, that's that's where we used to spend our uh, vacations and our oh, is that right? Things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, going to the yeah. beach for the day. It was only like an hour drive, so it was pretty easy for us. That's nice. Yeah. No, we we uh, we like it down here. Although uh, my wife uh, Lizzie misses uh, Chicago terribly, and all her friends like Deb and all those folks. So we're actually looking at trying to uh, find a place back uh, up in Chicago for the summer months. 
because uh, down here in the summer, it, well, Ooh. as you know, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's brutal. It yeah. is tropical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think the word is wet. Uh, Steve, uh, thank you so much. I got to say, man, I am, I'm, I've been very excited about this whole situation because you have actually been part of my life for now the last 20 years because I yeah, exactly. myself uh, am an avid Halo fan. Oh, awesome. Uh, and the fact that uh, I'm getting to talk to Master Chief today has just been, <laughs> in fact, I actually play uh, Halo every week online with three close friends of mine who've oh, also really? been playing the game since it's in, since the first time it came out. Awesome. Man. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to get to talk to Master Chief. And like, <laughs> I could hear their jaws hit, the, uh, hit their control mics. So I'd be like, what? Yeah. So I was very excited about this whole thing. But Well, I'm very, very happy to do it. Thank you so much. Um, but it, what's great, uh, of course, learning more about you is that you're not just, you're not just, you're not just the Master Chief, which we'll talk about <laughs> a little later on. But I mean, sure. you've, you had an illustrious radio career for 44 years, was it? 44 years, indeed, yeah. Wow. Now, uh, you're originally uh, yeah. from Columbus, Ohio, right? Columbus, Ohio, was born and raised um, and um, went to school at the University of Dayton, which is where my radio career began. And then from Dayton to uh, Athens, Ohio. Uh, and I, I worked out, that was my first job out of college, uh, in uh, which is home to Ohio University. But it's also um, a very small town. In fact, the, the motto of the radio station was, we're the only station in town. So <laughs> if you were listening to the radio, you were listening to us. This uh, is it. This is, this is it, pal. You like it or not, you know. <laughs> so and then from Athens, I went to Pittsburgh and I was there for about four years and then out to Los Angeles um, for uh, all of the 80s and a little bit into the 90s and then and then actually back to Florida uh, in the Tampa area for a couple of years and back to California and then eventually to uh, Chicago in 97 where I finished things out. What was the draw to radio for you? Like, were you a fan of, uh, of certain DJs growing up or was it just, you know, not, were you a music fanatic or like, I was, I was a music fanatic. Yeah. I mean, it was really the music. I, uh, I, I never, you know, fancied myself, uh, you know, being a disc jockey or anything, but, but, uh, I loved the, I loved rock and roll. I love rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, when the Beatles came out in 63, I can remember it as if it was yesterday when they were on Ed Sullivan. Oh. Um, and um, it changed my life. And I decided that's what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, I wanted to be rich and famous. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how unusual. What a great career choice. <laughs> what a great career choice. And uh, so anyway, I just fell in love. I, you know, got my mom, got me a guitar. I started playing guitar and, you know, we formed a band and, and uh, you know, for all through junior high, high school and into college, I was in one rock and roll band or another. And uh, at some point though, it, you know, in college, you know, our, our talent was, shall we say minimal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And um, blossoming, I like to call that blossoming. Yeah, yeah, maybe if we had hung with it for about another 30, 40 years, we might have got somewhere. But, uh, you know, at some point, um, even though it was my passion, I, 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 you know, sobered up one day and realized that maybe being a drummer in a rock band was not the wisest career choice. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I, I wanted to get into to, uh, record producing because I just love the whole you know, I not only love the music, but I love the science of it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and how, it, you know, when I, we would get an album, I would, you know, just completely, you know, read everything that was on the album cover on the inner oh, sleeve, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And um, so I thought, I, you know, being a record producer sounded like a real job that you would actually get paid like a paycheck, you know, right. and, um, and the only avenue at that time was uh, that I could see was was radio. Okay. And the and this and the college that I went to, University of Dayton, had a, a college radio station. So I went to work for them and just fell in love with it instantly. And and it, it was a combination of being close to the music, and also the ham and the ego in me just took over. And <laughs> you know, I I just I stayed with it ever since. But that's yeah, that's what drew me to to uh, radio. Oh, that's great! It sounds like you are. Uh... 
the type that sounds a little bit like me and a few of my friends. It's like, don't give me a microphone. Cause if you give me a yeah. microphone, then you ain't getting it back. You're not getting it back. <laughs> and then you're going to hear some things that, yeah. that are going to be insane. So exactly. That's exactly. amazing. And so, I mean, you were able to build up a, a big career out of that. What was the draw for you to come to Chicago? A job. Oh, just a job. <laughs> yeah. okay. a job. And I needed one. It was, it was the perfect, the perfect chemistry of I need a job and they had one. Okay. Uh, but it was really, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not tremendously exaggerating, but really the, the life of a, of a disc jockey is, is more often than not, you know, sort of a gypsy life. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have to be, and I had it easier than most. I mean, okay. you know, a, a lot of people that I know you bounce all over the country, you know, oh, you're six okay. months here, a year there, two years here, you know, ratings go up, ratings go down, ownership changes, whatever. And you, you're constantly being bounced around. And uh, like I said, I had it easier than most, but um, uh, you know, that's, that's really, you, you know, what, what moved me around. And literally I was in Santa Barbara, California. I was working at a small station there and uh, things were getting a little tight <laughs> financially. <laughs> And a guy by the name of Greg Salk, who, who now runs uh, um, uh, uh, the company that, that owns WXRT in Chicago, uh, he, he was the program director there for the, the last several years. And now mm -hmm. he's the manager of the whole Chicago outfit there. But, um, he, you know, he called me and, and that, that was it. He offered me a job at The Loop. Uh, which is where I started in Chicago. Okay. And uh, while I was at the Loop, uh, the company that owned them at the time bought what became the Drive, and he wanted me to move from the Loop to the Drive. And and so for the last fourteen years, I was I was at the Drive doing uh, the morning show. And when I found that out, I was kind of floored because I moved here in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Ah. So not knowing who you were. I sure I listened to you a thousand times because <laughs> the drive was the station that I would go to a lot. Cause I mean, there for myself, like with the radio, um, I'm very specific on what I like to listen to. And I have sure. a, a, a short, short patience for songs I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> and so the radio, you know, and sometimes with the radio, they find that song and they're like, I'm going to play this all day long. All, so all day long. Yeah. Usually yeah. played most of everything what I liked. So that's what those, that was my station when I got to Chicago was the drive. Well, then I'm, I'm, I'm sure we must have, uh, you know, crossed paths there on the, on the dial anyway, because I was, I, I did the morning show from the time the station went on the air, which was 2002, I believe, uh, until I retired in 2015. I, I still can't get over how long you've been in radio. Like that's like so many people, you go out there and they, like you said, they bounce around, I guess, but I mean, it's just, you've had an amazing career. Well, I was lucky. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, certainly by the time I came to Chicago, I mean, I consider Chicago sort of the last half of my radio career. And mm -hmm. it was really uh, in many ways the best because the drive, uh, when we went on the air, it took off like a shot and, and nobody expected the, you know, the kind of immediate recognition that we got uh, when we first went on the air. So that was a great ride and it was a great way to uh, finish things out. Was, was there, are, do you ever come back to Chicago? Is there ever a time when you come back? And if so, is there like one place you always have to go? Are you a foodie mm. person? Like, cause I'm, I know what Chicago, a lot of people are, or is there a place where you like, I always have to go back to here to get this, or I need to go see mm. these things when I'm in town. That's a good question. And I, I have to think on it because we do come back. Um, we, you know, we have a lot of friends and, you know, I have two stepsons who live in, uh, in Chicago. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, I'm trying to think now last summer, I think was the last time we were there. Uh, but we will be back. And, and in fact, as I, I started to tell you, I, we're, we're even entertaining the idea of, you know, buying a home up there or something and being able to spend the winters up in Chicago to get out of the Florida heat. So mm -hmm. we love Chicago. And, um, but is there a favorite place, a favorite haunt? Um, obviously not because I'm not thinking of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I love to be near the lake. Uh, I mean, oh, that's yeah. not, re that's not really, a, a, you know, a, you know what you're going for but but uh yeah we love to be by the lake and um, that's i mean the the lake itself is a whole i mean that's half of the reason you come to chicago is to go yeah, to absolutely because we actually yeah. don't live far from ourselves just a couple blocks uh from the lake over Rigby. oh really 
And oh, okay. so it's having that for like walks or just like, you want to go kill some time or just a nice day. Like it's really yeah. been a lifesaver having that. So absolutely. Yeah. Coming back to want to see that area is just indeed. Been, yeah, and it'll so. be, you know, yeah, I, I, like I said, I love Chicago and, and uh, I love the people there and, and uh, I have a, you know, just nothing but fantastic memories. And, and so we do try to come back as much as we can. During your time on radio, did you run ever run into like, good characters any 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 <laughs> celebrities that you were like oh, i'm gonna talk to so-and-so in the air today and they just turned out to be like completely the opposite of what you expected or, you know or the, maybe the well, meeting was like yeah way more than you expected or less than you expected or like any 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 of those crazy waking up whiskey nights kind of <laughs> in the radio yeah well night. there was a few of those you know <laughs> both, both both from the interviewer as well as the interviewee but um <laughs> most of my uh you know, uh, interviewing famous people actually happened when I was in Los Angeles. It, it didn't happen as much in Chicago. I used to uh, host a show called Rockline that was a uh, nationally syndicated live um, show that ran all over the country and in Chicago actually for a while. And um, we were a 90 minute live show and we would interview mostly, you know, rock stars. So I met quite a few people, you know, with, with that experience. And then before that, I, I worked for a syndication company and they'd send me out on interviews of all kinds of people, sports people, book authors, rock stars, movie stars, you know, all of that. So, you know, I, I met, you know, quite, quite a few folks. Um, interestingly, uh, you know, most of them, uh, you know, when you get to know people are, you know, for the most part, I would say, are, are fairly down to earth folks there was the occasional asshole and mm -hmm. i won't lie uh but well, but they uh, are people so they are people and you know <laughs> sometimes you catch people on a bad day and and you know things go south but uh but i would say for the most part um you know everybody's trying to you know kind of do a job you know and and they're allowing me to interview them because they're trying to sell something you know they're trying to sell a book a record a movie or whatever so, you know, it's, it, it, it's sort of the symbiotic relationship at that point. And, um, uh, but, but most of them, I would say with, with one or two exceptions, most people were, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, they were just folks at, at the end of the day. Oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Cause you know, I, I was, we're living in a world now where so much stuff is coming out about people and it's so mm. sad. You like, there's, there's the heroes that who are your entertainers and artists and yeah. like that's you grew up with. And all of a sudden you're like, they're the best. And then you hear how much of an asshole they are or right. how kind of a shitty person is. And it gets yeah. really depressing because you're like, well, where <laughs> I've lost all my heroes. Well, you know, it's in, in real life, they're shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, what's interesting is, you know, so back in my day <laughs> when I did this stuff, this was pre-internet, right? Mm -hmm. And pre, uh, more specifically, pre-social media. So, uh, you know, it's a completely different world now on, on you know, any level you can think of, but but it would be a very different experience now doing what I did then if I was doing it now. Oh, I'm sure. for, for the very reasons you said, because everybody's life is an open book, whether they want it to be or not. Right. And um, uh, it, it, it would be a very different experience. I'm thinking it would be not as rewarding uh, because of that, you know? Uh, it, it, that's just sort of a guess on my part, but it, it, it feels like, you know, when one, I would sit down with to interview somebody, whether it was live or on tape, uh, it was a fairly one-on-one -on -one intimate experience. And you would get, you know, you'd get prepped and you'd get, uh, you know, press kits and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and, or if it was somebody that I just knew who I was a fan of, whatever, you know, I, I come with a lot of information, but, um, you know, nowadays when you know everything, <laughs> it, 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 I, I just wonder if it would be the same experience. And I'm, I'm guessing it, it wouldn't be. Well, I'm newer to this side of the mic, but I can probably tell you that it is because I just, just today looking up stuff, you know, doing my research for today. Yeah. Uh, I had like three questions answered just by reading articles and I was like, Oh, yes, yeah. you can get all the information you ever need and you can, uh, anyone can, you know? Yeah. Can. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and, uh, scary actually sometimes <laughs> yeah. 
you know. And it's funny to me because uh, we have so much information at our fingertips, yet so many mm. people are so ignorant about things or so unwilling to believe what they're reading. It's like, it's right in yeah. front of you. I, I, here's the How information. about that? Right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, from sometimes from experts, you know, mm -hmm. who actually work in the field and, <laughs> and actually have some background and knowledge about it instead of well, I heard, right? you know, and it would blows know. my mind. It's like, especially this past couple of years with everything with the COVID and everything, it's yeah. like genuine, actual professional doctors who are like, don't, don't believe those doctors. Yeah. You should probably I, go snort some Drano and you're like, wait, what? yeah, it, exactly. You know, believe in, you know, Joe Rogan or somebody or, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's insanity. I mean, it's, I, we live in an insane world, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> the second I heard convinced. that everybody wants The Rock to be the president, I'm like, okay, everybody. Yeah, we, okay. If we've officially, yeah, we've officially calm reached the tipping point. Yeah. The guy is an amazing guy. He's really good at being huge and charming, but maybe yes, not is. as the president. You know? Might not be presidential material. Maybe. No, no. I don't great, know. Great drinking buddies. Let's put him in yeah, the Excellent sure. drinking buddies. <laughs> we'll start yeah. off there. Yeah. Um, Steve, so you've had you had this great career in radio, uh, and then uh, it was around 1990 you uh, branched that off and started uh, working in uh, commercial voiceovers as well. Correct. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that something that you'd always kind of had in the back of your head as well too, or was that because of your time in radio, people were like, "Hey, why don't you just do this too, and you can make some extra cash?" Well, it was re again. It, it it what directed me to it was. Um, the the production end of the business i i started to, to you know as so in the beginning you know when you get into radio you're also you know there's things that you have to do off the air like cut commercials record commercials produce oh, okay. commercials produce spots as we call them oh, i didn't and, know that you have to do all that too well you you uh, for a long time that when you get into the bigger markets they'll often have as Chicago did, you know, production directors and you okay. go in and voice the stuff that somebody else actually puts it together. Of course, now it's come full circle is that now the stations are all firing their production directors and they're going back to the disc jockeys of doing course. their own stuff. Because they can get it for a cheaper price. Like, hey, oh, we've exactly. Here, might as well just throw a package yep. in. Yeah. Exactly. So, but anyway, when I first, you know, when I got to uh, Pittsburgh is when I, well, actually a little bit when I was in Athens, I, I just, you know, became fascinated by, by you know, cutting tape and, and editing things and putting them together. And, and it was fascinating to me. And then, you know, more so when I got to Pittsburgh and then a lot more when I got to Los Angeles and started uh, producing spots. Um, mainly, again, they would be music oriented. They would be, you know, a, a spot for a new record album or a, or a concert spot or that that kind of thing mm -hmm. that I really like doing. And I would voice them because, well, I was already there <laughs> and <laughs> and I didn't have to pay anybody else. So, so I, I and the more I did it, the more I liked it. And then in Los Angeles, you know, there's a huge uh, vo uh, voiceover industry there. Uh, you know, that's the voiceover capital of the world in terms of, uh, you, you know, for commercial voiceover and anime as well, animation as well. Um, so I got an agent and uh, and started auditioning and, and it, it became a second career. Um, you know, I never viewed it at the time as anything that would be my primary source of income, but it was it was a nice sort of uh, side side gig, as they call it. Nice. Uh, were you just mainly focused on commercials or did you move over into uh, like branching out into animation and things like that? Or were you just kind of just focused on those kind of shorter spots? I say it was it was 99 percent commercial work, okay. um, sometimes narration. Uh, I never did any Ooh. animation at, at that point. Great um, narrator. You're a you're a total great narrator voice. for sure. Well, I, I actually love narration. It's uh, you know, it's funny. It's it's a little more labor intensive and it usually doesn't pay as well, but I like doing it. Uh, and, um, uh, so yeah, but it, it was primarily commercial work. Uh, and then I, I carried that when I moved to Chicago, uh, Chicago, uh, you know, had a, has a vibrant voiceover community as well. Yes. And, uh, I got turned you know, I got a, a referral to an agent in who was in the Chicago area and, and, and continued doing it, uh, you know, when I came to Chicago. Are there any, what was your favorite spots? Like what kind of spots did you do? Did you have a favorite that you were like, ah, oh, that was the one that would kind of like put me into the right spot so people would notice me more so I could start looking. Was yeah. there a breakthrough one? I don't know that there was a particular spot. I loved movie trailers. That was, oh, yeah? I loved doing that. And, and oh, the guy, awesome. 
who was the, who was the 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 voice of who created the genre really was a guy by the name of Don LaFontaine and mm-hmm. uh, he passed away a few years ago but he was you know if you were seeing a movie trailer in a movie there was a 90% chance you were hearing his voice if it had a voice over to it it was probably him oh that voice and, yeah the movie yeah voice. And, yeah in a world <laughs> <laughs> he back he invented that phrase but anyway um so I really, but I, I never did many of them. I think I did one, you know, and, and then I did one for Halo, but that was sort of, you Wait, know, you, the, you, you did the promo for your own game? Yeah, I did the promo for my own game. Yeah. Well, I was actually- Was it character. as Master Chief? Yeah, no, oh, I, okay. it was as Master Chief. It was for Halo Guardians. Oh, I was about um, to say that it's pretty yeah. great to just kind of monopolize. Like I do all the characters for Halo now. I, I, I do them all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm doing all the narration and all the voiceover. So um, you are three, four, three. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I can't think of a, I, I can tell you the first time I ever got a national booking mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was, it's kind of a funny story. I, it was in Chicago. It was for Maytag. Okay. And, and I was literally doing uh, like the tag for Maytag, you know, available at uh, Sears or whatever. Anyway, I went in to, to do the audition and um, I, I just thought I stunk up the joint. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't, I couldn't get it. You uh-huh. know, it, it was a simple gig and I just was not getting it. Ugh. And uh, I, it was the worst and you know it and, and I know it and the, producer knows it and the engineer knows it and all I wanted to do was get out of there and um I was this close to saying to the guy I'm sorry I'm just not I I just don't have it today I'm sorry to waste your time fortunately and for all you kids out there never do that (laughs) because you never know they loved it they booked it and it and it ran and I got and I got paid money for it and it was the first what they call a class a which meant it was a network spot and it ran, you know, and it, 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 it worked out all right. I think the, the, the biggest, the first really big spot I ever did was for Carnival Cruise Lines mm-hmm. um, years ago. Um, and it was a campaign that ran, you know, for three years or so. And that was, so that was my first really big money-making kind of gig. And um you know, you need those every once in a while oh, just yeah. to keep not not only for the money, but but just, you know, to, 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 to feel like, OK, yeah, I can do this. Right. I'm, I'm still <laughs> yeah. in this game. This is still a thing. I, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So that was my first really big one. And uh, it, it was it was fun to do. Knowing how it is when you're trying to get those gigs and things like that, and then finally getting something like that, at least for me, like the first time I booked something, I went to celebrate. I took my wife out to dinner and things like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Was there something, was there, what, what was, what, do you remember what you did to celebrate that first big booking that you did? That well, like, what was going interesting out for was, champagne tonight or what? Yeah. So I, I was dating who, the woman who is now my wife, Liz Weifler, who is also uh, a, a great voiceover talent. And is that's she how from we Chicago? met. Y'all met here in she's Chicago? from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, she, we, we, uh, she's good friends with Deb Doser, actually. They're God, best buddies. And um, that but we had the same agent, which is how we met. Anyway, I remember calling her and saying that I got the Carnival Cruise Line gig. And she had a much better understanding of how big that was than I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was thinking, okay, yeah, this is a nice gig and it'll, it'll run, you know, it'll be great. She goes, oh, you have no idea. This is going to run forever. They're going to come in and have you do 8 million updates. You're going to make a fortune. <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, and I was kind of like, well, golly, really? <laughs> I can't believe that. Gee Willikers, I've done good. Gee Willikers, I believe that was my ex- the, my exact words but, uh and i'm sure we did celebrate uh you know after that but it was funny because i didn't i mean i guess that's how much of a novice i was or you know how 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 uh, unfamiliar i was with getting a big gig is that i didn't know how big it was there's it, a lot that goes behind the scenes that you don't realize yeah. until you start working in a regular like oh wow i didn't realize what kind of a deal this was for me this yeah. was just a thing or i didn't realize how much goes into this it's, exactly and that's yeah. and that's kind of where i was at uh it's funny because we first met doing a voiceover job and uh i remember it well it was uh 
uh, ARU, the old ARU, which uh, w- when they were still in the Wrigley building. Mm-hmm. And um, I went up to do, and, and we were doing, I was one of three voiceover people who were doing this one particular spot. And it's somewhat unusual for the time as we all read together in the booth. Mm-hmm. And I went up there and Liz was one of the voiceover talents. And I knew who she was. And I, and I, I remember thinking to myself, oh, wow. I'm with the big kids now. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Okay. So, and, oh, and, so you were familiar with her work. That's great. I was familiar with her work. And, and, uh, and Tony Russell was the other guy who was also a, a giant voiceover talent, very successful, had a long campaign with, uh, Chevrolet, I think. And, uh, uh, so I knew I was with the big kids and now, so that was another sort of aha moment that like, uh, okay, I belonged and I can do this. And it, it was, uh, it was kind of fun. Oh, and then I ended up marrying her. That's, <laughs> that, so, that's how much fun it was. So, you know, you got a job and a wife. I mean, and you a scored. Wife. I mean, that's, Who knew? that's Who the knew? dream right there. You know? There you go. <laughs> Best friend and a good paycheck. Let's do absolutely. It. I love it. Oh, man, that's amazing. Um, I do kind of want to go ahead and jump now, of course, to the, <laughs> the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. The, the halo <laughs> so in the, the room. The halo yeah. in the room, because yeah. I mean, that's why I've been excited. And I don't want to keep you all day. So I just want to make sure that we get to talk about this because we've got new stuff coming out because I time flies by so fast. I happen to, when I, like I said, I play every week and I jumped on with my friends the other day and the thing popped up that was like 20 years celebration. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my yeah. God, it's been 20 years. I, Cause that's, they're yeah. doing the math. I was like 26. I was 26. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago. Um, Unbelie- yeah. Unbelievable. You were there from day one. Like you were yeah. master chief from the get go. Um, were, were you in Chicago during that time? Did you book that? Yes. Here? Okay. Yes. Uh, Bungie, who was the originators of the game, was mm-hmm. based in Chicago. And um, about a year before uh, we went into record Combat Evolved, uh, a guy by the name of Marty O'Donnell called me. And Marty was the guy who cast all the voices for Halo. He wrote most of the music for all the Bungie Halo games, performed a lot of the music, extremely talented man. And uh, as I said, they were based in Chicago. And in one of another odd coincidence, you, you, you might not think this would be odd, but I never, ever, ever booked a job off of being on the radio. You would think that would be yeah. a selling would, point. Yeah, that's your, that's your foot in the door right there. there exact opposite. Everywhere. Exact. If I had a nickel for every time I, I went into audition for a spot and the casting was, uh, we want somebody who sounds like an FM DJ. I'm Are like, kidding me? okay. Uh, that's me. Did you ever ne- go in and they're like, we're looking for a Steve Downs type? I, I, I never got that. <laughs> like, but I got, me, you know, we're, yeah, we're looking for, yeah, we're looking for an FM rock DJ. So I never once booked any of those gigs. You never once. No, really? just, and, and the other thing was that, uh, you know, not to, to drag on too much, but, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing voiceover, you know, you, you, you try to be as flexible as you can for each audition that you might get. And they mm-hmm. may, re, they all require something a little different. Well, being a, a disc jockey, I had one style and that was a particular style. And I did that style, you know, four or five hours a day, five or six days a week. Mm-hmm. And then to jump out of that, go over to the agent's office and read something completely different i never i wasn't a, that good at completely losing the dj guy right you know? he would always too. yeah he would always tag along you know and i could never where are we going steve where are we going yeah, where are we going today, steve okay, yeah where are we going here's another gig i'm gonna lose you come on let's go uh so uh but halo was the one exception because marty used to listen to me on the radio and liked me like like my style and thought that my voice uh, tone would be correct for for the gig. So anyway, I recorded a, a a small character in a very small PC game, very insignificant. Mm-hmm. But about a year later, he called back and said, "We have another game, and we want you to come in and and do the character." Which and the other odd thing was, I never auditioned for it. He just said, "You're it. That's wow, it. You really? yeah, you want it. You're it." So um, offer you know, only to Master Chief. That's fantastic. I, I mean, it, you know, that never happens. It never happened to me before and it never happened again. 
but it happened when it needed to happen. Wow, it really did. Because I mean, that's I mean, that's twenty years in the making. That's that's twenty years, and of course, nobody even thought that that was going to be the case. That it would be, you know, with twenty years later, we're not only still talking about it, we're still doing it, right? And because I'm I playing the beta on the new one the other day. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're they're still developing it through two different companies, which just blows my mind. But yeah, it, yeah. But I'm sure because I mean, from what I can remember, Halo was probably one of the first of definitely very early games that was built around this story that mm. had these videos, these movies, this yeah. epicness to it, that had these characters and that were flushed out and had their yeah. backstory and everything. Yeah. So for you going into that, like, I mean, what was that like for you just going into these early days of video game? Like, was it a lot of like trying to figure out how to make it work? Did they have you re-record a bunch because they were like, oh, we realize that's not going to work because we don't know what we're doing yet because this isn't. Well, not as much as you would think because... First of all, in the early days, the chief didn't have a lot of lines. I mean, mm -hmm. let's be frank. So, uh, you he know, was very uh, mysterious. He was very, he was mysterious. very mysterious. He was a man of few words and all that. But um, uh, in the beginning, for certainly the first two games, um, there, there wasn't all of this rich source material that followed. You know, mm -hmm. now, I mean you know, there's dozens of books, there's, there's comic books, there's, you know, there's going to be a live action TV show next year. There's, I saw that. You, Very you excited. know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, none of that existed for combat evolved or for halo two. Mm -hmm. um, and then that stuff started to come out. And when it did, it, that was a tremendous source of material for me that, that really helped me to flesh out the character, as you say, um, because when I went in to do the first sessions for combat of all Marty and I sat down and talked and he basically just told me, you know, gave me the, the, the rough outline of, of the game and the story. And then of who this uh, character was, who master chief was, he didn't even have a visual for me to look at. I didn't even oh, know what wow. the guy looked like. Okay. Uh, so we, you know, it, it was very much theater of the mind and, um, and we ran with it and, and, you know, we would do several takes. I, I don't mean to imply that, that we didn't change things up a bit because we did right. it. I'd, I'd, you know, approach it one way and Marty would say, okay, I want you to lean a little this way and get away from that or lean into this. And until we finally honed it to where he, you know, what his vision of the, of, of the sound of the character would be. Um, but later on, uh, when I got to, you know, uh, delve into these these the source material and really get to know who the character was that had a tremendous influence on how i would approach him in, in the future games in halo 3 and in 4 and 5 i mean it, it just it changed everything and to your point um i i believe that halo you know one, you know one of the reasons for his success and there are many but i think one of the reasons is because it had that story that you talked about, that it was more than just a first person shooter game, you know, and for those who like to play it that way, it's a fine game for that. Right. And you can skip all the cutscenes and the cinematics if you want. I, don't, I prefer that you didn't, but, <laughs> you know, but you could do that uh, and still have an enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, but I think what, what made it a much more enriching experience was like you said, this, this story uh, that you could immerse yourself into as you're playing the game. And I 100% agree. And that's one of the reasons why I attached to it. I, I remember uh, the first time I played it, it was back, this was, it was back Blockbuster days. And Blockbuster ah. was renting out game consoles as a place right. when game consoles really started kind of taking off. Right. Uh, like larger scale. And um, it was the original Xbox. And a friend of mine went down and he rented the Xbox. He got Halo and like two other games. Mm -hmm. And we sat in his house that weekend and drank and played video games like <laughs> you do, you know. Like you and do. We just chain smoked and like drank and played video games. But Halo was the game that we played a lot of. And yeah. it was a lot to do with that story because the thing that gets me on these games nowadays is that since I'm a, I'm a movie buff, I love especially action movies, sci-fi movies, things like that. It's I love watching yeah. that adventure. Yeah. Now I get to be a part of that adventure. I get yeah. to watch this story and now I I get to 
play the outcome of that story, yeah. which is so much fun. And like, I never understood the people that went through the cutscenes. I'm like, no, I'm going to sit and listen to this. I may, I may not remember from time to time because I'm so wrapped right. in the game sometimes, but I need to see this because this is a whole big epic thing. Yeah. I remember watching, I think it was the end of maybe Halo 3. I finished that one by myself at my house and I was all alone mm. <laughs> and it was happening. I was like standing in my living room and going, what the fuck? you know that kind of thing and that's more than i ever did when i beat contra you know what i'm saying yeah yeah exactly exactly so that's yeah well and and you know that's become obvious to me you know i I go to a lot of uh conventions now you know video game conventions Mm -hmm. and anime and all that and i this the story that you tell there is a story that i hear often about um you know it's 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 unlike unlike watching a movie or even reading a book or a television show, whatever, you know, the video game is something that you can literally, literally immerse yourself in. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, you become, you are master chief. You, yes. you are in the story and, and the outcome of the story is dependent on you, you know, in terms of how you navigate the, the various stuff that they, they, you're, you're presented with. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it, it become, and I've talked to many, many, many people to whom the experience was something more than just, um, you know, something to do, you know, when you didn't feel like doing your homework. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. For me, I mean, it was good for that too, but <laughs> right. But there's times where it's like, that's in my head. There were many times where it was like, okay, when I get off work today, I'm going to go finish playing this game because I need to continue on that story. I want to see what else happens. Exactly. You know, it's like, yeah. ca- like nowadays it's like catching up on your binging and things like that. It's like, I know yeah. I keep, I keep, <laughs> there were times I'd catch myself. I'm like, I'm just going to play a little bit of Halo tonight. Just and a little then bit. It was like the two and a half, three hours later. I was like, oh, <laughs> what day is it? Oh, you just get wrapped up in it you um, do. speaking you do. of conventions and things like that you've kind of been around too i mean because of this experience you've kind of been around just like the beginning of the convention craze because yes. there was a time where like really the only convention you heard of was like the star trek convention right. that everybody was like nerds right and there was a few like maybe when comic-con was like very early and it was just about comics and everybody right was like, exactly but yeah. then this this pop culture blow up happened and really shot directly into these conventions so for you being in this early incarnation of the way conventions are now what was that experience like for you especially like your first time and having people <laughs> be like oh shit you're master chief and you're like oh fuck i just wanted to get a coffee <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah i mean my my very first uh experience at that kind of a thing was my daughter and i were big x-files fans <laughs> and uh we went to an x there was an x-files convention and it was very rudimentary and basic and not, none of the stars were there. It wasn't right. anything like that. It was just where a bunch of X-Files nerds could hang out and right. you know, look at, look at each other. Souvenirs and cool shit. Exactly. And, but my first experience going to a convention as a participant, uh, let's see, the first one I went to was, I want to say it was 2008. Okay. I believe. In down here in Florida, actually, and uh, uh, it, it was in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area, and it happened to be Halloween weekend. And you're in Miami, which is has its oh, own bizarreness, no matter what. Yes, it's it's a whole and, other world. Yeah, and now I'm in that world at a video game convention, and you know, cosplay was beginning, and all that, and all these people dressed up in character, and my mind was blown. I was wow. like, what? the fuck is going <laughs> on um and it was uh you know it was quite the experience and, and and as you say it has grown into a huge you know comic-con the you know pre-pandemic you know was was drawn 150,000 people right. for a weekend oh, yeah. and you know i've been to conventions where there's 100,000 people there or or you know a moderately attended convention would be like 20,000 people Ugh, and wow. and it's incredible and um and but but i have to say i i i enjoy the people that are there and it is a um it is an experience where people of like mind get to share you know, um, share their passion for something and not worry about being judged for it. And I, I appreciate that. And I, and I, and it's fun to see because people just generally have a really good time. And And what's uh, the, 
what's the coolest fan interaction you've ever had at one of these conventions? Like, have you had one that came up to you maybe like in the perfect gear or like, did you ever oh, have yeah. anybody's like, Hey, can I propose to my girlfriend with you? That kind of thing. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've had, uh, well, I've had, I've had a request to actually, uh, uh, marry people. And it was like, uh, I'm not really qualified. Oh, Steve, I don't have that license. You can become a minister in about two minutes free <laughs> online. I've married two sets of my friends and if you, you really? it, if you did like an offshoot master chief marriage business, you'd make a fucking fortune. I, I'd get divorced and married every other week just to hear master chief marry me again. You, yeah. I pronounce you man and wife. Finish now, the fight. Finish the fight. <laughs> oh man, that would be uh, But yeah, um, uh, but yeah, the, you know, I've I've had a lot, you know, but really the most um, touching. Uh, is is when when people want to share how how much the game has meant to you. You know, on the, on the lighter side, I, I hear a lot. You know, you're the reason I got through college, or you're the reason I didn't get through college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but on the more serious side, you know, I've heard from a lot of people over the years about how the game got them through a tough time in their life, and, no, and uh, you know, maybe they had a bad family situation, and this was their one place where they could retreat and 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 have some some comfort uh and that's you know very meaningful to me and and uh and then lately because of the longevity of the game because you know we're talking about 20 years mm -hmm. what i'm hearing lately in the last few years has been um the generational aspect of it of like this was the one thing my dad and i could really bond on oh yeah was, yeah, was yeah. you know before that we really had nothing and then we played Halo together, and and I hear that a lot. The other thing, which is uh, uh, also rewarding, is there are a lot more uh, uh, girls and women into it than there used to be. I mean, in, back in the in the early days, it was a dude fest, and oh, that God, was yeah. it. And you know, and it, I mean, it's you know, it's still primarily dudes, but uh, I I see a lot more women who are into the game, and that's awesome. that's fun and rewarding. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, and cause I, I, I can agree with some of that. Cause my dad and I, uh, we were legend of Zelda. We played legend of Zelda ah, together. You know, yeah. it would be a situation where one of us was controlling and the other was sitting there helping, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, those, yeah. Those moments like that, but they, you as the performer maybe not realize how often those happen and how much you affect people's lives that way, you know? And it's just, right. it's really nice to, to, to hear that. I think, I think, well, I think, and that's the beauty. That's the, the reward really of, of going to these conventions because otherwise, you know, in the voiceover business, you don't get much feedback. You get a feed, you get feedback from a director and maybe a writer and then, you know, if you're lucky, you get a residual check and that's, right. and that's, <laughs> and that's all good, positive feedback. But going to these conventions, you, I get to hear these stories and, and quite honestly, Kevin, they, they really affect my performance, uh, you know, in, in when I go to record future games, because mm -hmm. that's somewhere in the back of my head, um, these stories that I hear about how meaningful and how impactful uh, the game or the character has been and it does affect I think in a positive way you know what I might bring to the next uh, recording session that's amazing that's awesome um, you've been there since the get-go and I think if correct me if I'm wrong there's only been one other person involved uh, voice actor wise with the game and that's Jen Taylor who plays correct Cortana, right so correct. it's just been the two of you it's just the two of us I from, imagine, from the very beginning. Yeah. And I read something where like a lot of, for people who don't know, uh, a lot of times when you're doing voiceover stuff, especially, you know, in, even in scene things like you're by yourself in the booth and that person isn't there. But recently right. in the last, I don't know how many years, they've started putting you two together in the booth to play off each other. Is that correct? Well, only once. And oh, that okay. was for, yeah, that was for Halo 4. In fact, oh. Jen and I, she lives in Seattle and, and I lived in Chicago and now in Florida, but we had never met until... The 10th anniversary wow, of, of Combat Evolved, uh, and they had a big. Uh, Microsoft was throwing a big uh, party, whatever, out in uh, Seattle, and they flew me out. And it was the first time Jen and I had ever met, and um, we became instant friends. I mean, I remember she gave me this big hug, and she goes, "Finally, someone who gets it," <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and she was right because you know we both could immediately understand this this thing that we had gotten caught up in and um and we and we're, we're very good friends now i talk oh, to her all amazing. the time oh that's and great. um 
and then we a few months later we went into to record for halo 4 and if you remember the story if you played halo 4 and you and you know the story the story is a little more uh, about the relationship between the chief and cortana and it's a little more uh, intimate and in depth and they thought rightfully so that it would help our performance if we could actually be there with each other you know reading together which we did and it's probably one of the my favorite moments of the entire 20 years was those sessions that i did with jen um uh, uh we did not do that for infinite but i we were i did i was we were together separately <laughs> it's, it's the only way i can put it no, I but, but uh uh, it, 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 it's nice to have another human being to be able to bounce off of, oh. you know, and, and uh, as you said, it's rare in the, in the voiceover business in any capacity, commercial, yeah. video game, anime, may, maybe not quite as rare in anime, but, but uh, certainly in video game, you know, you're usually working by yourself and, you know, there's a director in your ear and that's about it. But um, when Jen and I worked together on Halo 4, that was uh, really fun and exciting. And, and uh, yeah, I, I like the way it turned out. That warms my heart to hear that you two are friends. Because, oh, we're buddies. We're I mean, definitely honestly, buddies. Honestly, like the Chief Cortana relationship to me is just, it's amazing. Like it's, it's that, that kind of like weirdly built, thrown into yeah. each other, best friend, trusting forever kind of relationship. You know? Yeah, it's, it, it's it like is. We didn't find each other. We were put together, but we become best friends. Yeah, it, it is that. And I, and I remember when we finished doing, um, well, Halo Reach was really the last thing that Bungie did. And I, I had a very minor role in that because mm -hmm. that was really not about the chief so much. But um, I remember thinking, this is it. And especially then when, when Bungie said they were getting out of it. Uh, <clears throat> I thought, well, that's the end of that. And then Microsoft wisely developed a whole new wing of the organization, 343, and wanted to continue the story. And when I got the script for Halo 4, I was so, ex excuse me, so excited about it because uh, I thought, yes, this is, you know, this story was, was, it was too big. It was too big and too rich to quit when they were going to quit. Right. There was all this un, unfinished business. And specifically, the relationship between Cortana and Master Chief is, to me, as they say, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. And that, it's, that is a perfect way to explain that. Yeah, it's, it's part, uh, you know, comrades. It's part, I, I think, you, you know, there's almost a brother-sister quality to mm -hmm. it. There's a, there, there, there's even a romantic quality to it. It, it, it. it is what you, you know, however you want to play it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's rich and deep. And I don't, I think there's still much more that, that can be explored there, even I, now. I love that. And I, and I'm, I hope, I hope they do. And it sounds like they're kind of because I mean, Infinite itself is coming out soon. Yes. Continuing uh, on with Master Chief. Uh, the, the, I don't know much about it because I try not to read too much about things before they come out because I like to be you're wise. You're wise. Uh, yeah, I grew up at a time pre-internet. So like I I saw a trailer on TV and that's when I was like, I want to see that movie. And that's all I knew about it. And it was. Very yeah. Happy. And that's and the best I, way to do it. I oh, agree. God, I love it so much. But so yeah. I don't I don't pay much attention. All I know is that Master Chief has a new game coming out and I can't wait to see what's going on. And now he has a grappling hook as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited about all this. Stuff. That's all so, you need to know. Um, yeah, well, for so for Infinite, is this is this a good continuation of the Master Chief story, or or because I read something that maybe that I don't know if it was terrible writing or if they were saying like this is it for Master Chief, and I got very sad. So, well, I I won't comment specifically on on things that will happen in Halo Infinite, but I can, what I can say is that I think for people who 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 have been with it from the beginning who love the old games, who loved, you know, one, two, and three and reach, mm -hmm. um, they're going to, they're, you know, there's going to be a, um, you know, familiarity to it. I, I, I don't want to use the word nostalgic because that <clears throat> to me has a, you know, not, not the connotation I'm looking for. Nostalgia implies that we're redoing it mm -hmm. and we're not redoing anything. Uh, but there is a familiarity both in story and in look that that I think will, you know, warm the hearts of people who say Halo Three was their favorite game. You know, um, also there is a continuation of the story of where we left off 
you know, in Halo 5. So it, it combines, you know, it, it, the guy who was my director and also co-wrote uh, the, the story for Halo Infinite, his name is mm -hmm. Paul Crocker. And he's the guy I worked with primarily when we were uh, recording for Infinite. You know, had a real, you know, just a great understanding of of the essence of the story and the essence of Master Chief. And it was so helpful to me uh, to be able to be directed by somebody like that who who again who gets it, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and appreciates the things that that the fans appreciate about the character and the story. So I think that um, you know. Yeah, I think you could play this game having never played a, a minute of Halo. I think it would still be a rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so it's not like you have to have played every single game to understand what the hell is going on. Right. But for those who have, it's it will be a very enriching and you know the the kind of experience that I think will make sense, if if you will. I am so excited. When when is that coming out? Uh, December eighth. Uh, they've already, yeah, they've already released the multiplayer uh, that came out a few days ago. I and, played uh, that on Thursday. Oh, cool! <laughs> and uh, I got and, my uh, ass handed to me. But is that I right? played it on Thursday? Because <laughs> I usually and, play with my small group. But this was online with like people who like play it. Yeah, and yeah. like those people are. I mean, these people who played this game, like get down on this game and play, play, play. Yeah, are yeah, incredible. No. Like I, they I'm, are, I'm like, they are you serious. must have a super. You must have some sort of code to soup up your weapons, or you're yeah. just that good at like you're just your that settings. Good. Like everything's across the board. So yeah. Um, but the campaign comes out December 8th. So the, uh, you know, that's when you, you, you're going to see the whole story and, you know, uh, you know, the complete package as it were. That's great. That's actually perfect because my birthday is in January and I usually treat myself with a day off from work and a new video game. So Boom. I think Done. there it is. I think check that's going to be check. my, Hey, hello. We're, we're going to, you're going to spend my birthday with me, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, be happy through, my, through my TV and my Xbox. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're buying. <laughs> Done. Done. I'll buy all night. If you just want to sit around and tell me stories, I'll yeah. buy all night. I'll, buy, you got I'll, it. I'll cover dinner, everything. All right. I'll um, take you up on that. Steve, what you got coming up? You said you've got some cool things coming up, uh, coming up pretty soon. What's, what's going on? you well you know what i mean of course uh, outside of halo infinite yeah i mean and and you know there is uh you know on the halo front there uh, you know all i can say is there's unfinished business and uh, uh you know so they, i have some things you know we're, we're going back in and we have some things to do Great. um uh and then as i mentioned we, we were talking about conventions you know the whole convention uh, world was shut down for the last mm -hmm. year and a half, two years because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Well, it's reopened with a vengeance. <laughs> and uh, I've done quite a few already the last half of this year. And I got one coming up um, in Sacramento, uh, first weekend in January, SAC Anime, it's called. And then I'll be doing my second ever convention appearance in chicago believe hey, it or not. hey all right uh it's weird you know what what what's the expression about a, a, a prophet is never loved in his hometown or something oh, like that yeah, yeah. yeah i've done one convention in chicago the whole time i lived there i did one years ago many years ago it just wasn't you know and they have big conventions in chicago yeah, yeah. there's there's uh, c2e2 and and uh, wizard world and there was a lot of big ones there but i i was just never you know, I could have driven there. You know, I'm, they didn't even have to put me up in a hotel. I, outside of the <laughs> weather, I've never been disappointed in Chicago until now. Like Chicago, you fucked up. <laughs> I don't know Come what on. happened there. You got to go anyway, all the time. He was the yeah. drive. Come on, you got Master Chief right Hello. Here, let's go. Yeah, wrongs will be righted uh, <laughs> uh, this summer, second weekend in July. Okay, uh, great. There'll, there'll be a, a uh, I think it's called Fan Expo Chicago. And so I'm really looking forward to, to being able to do that and, uh, you know, get myself a good pizza and a good steak. Are you a deep dish guy? Are you a, are you a deep dish person? No, I'm not a deep dish guy. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of a thin crust to medium crust guy. Right. I'm with you um, on that one. Uh, yeah. What, where's your Chicago. favorite pizza? What what what's your favorite pizza in, in Chicago? In Chicago, uh, uh, pizza joint. I'm, I'm a toss up between Lou Melnati's and uh pete's pizza isn't bad either uh, i think a, i've been to is that on ashland i couldn't tell i usually get it delivered i think there's it, a couple of pete's now but uh is it in lakeview oh okay i, I think i, I think have there's one over on western good. maybe but uh, yeah they're pretty yeah. solid they're pretty yeah solid. they are good a, they are a good. good cheese to sauce ratio 
good uh, cheese to sauce. But that uh, good, Lou Malnati's you know, ranch dressing, I can't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of ranch on my pizza, but Lou Malnati specifically, their ranch on their pizza is fucking dynamite. I'll take your word for it, Kevin, but I got to tell you, it seems wrong to me. It, I, it, hey, it, I agree. You know, the there's something way. about it. That, you know, it's like pineapple on pizza. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding no, me? I what is wrong with you? Until I accidentally got some of their loose sauce. <laughs> ranch loose sauce. I was like, are you kidding me? This is actually really good ranch dressing on pizza. Well, I if you say so. And oddly enough, I wouldn't want their ranch on my salad. It's too watery. It's only good on the pizza. <laughs> All right. Well, when I come to Chicago, we'll go to pizza we'll, or we'll go to Lou Malnati's and, and uh, you can see if you can make me a believer absolutely oh, come on. <laughs> just don't get me near pineapple don't, not oh only God. Oh, no. not only do i not want pineapple on my pizza kevin i don't want anybody around me to have it <laughs> i just i don't want it in the building it's wrong the smell of it just get it the fuck away from me yeah please. get it completely away from me jesus christ <laughs> oh well steve uh yeah if when you're in town if you've got some free time i'd love to take you out for a beer to say thanks and yeah we'll go get some pizza that'd be a great time sounds like um, a good time to me maybe we'll record another episode live in person you know there you go that'd be great return so um <laughs> we have reached uh uh the second half of the show which is uh one of my favorites uh it is a section called same three questions same three questions uh, these are the same three questions I ask all of my guests because I think it's fun and I, and I'm enjoying everyone's thoughts on these answers. So, okay. um, so Steve, the first question is, is if you could have one superpower, which would it be and why? Hmm. I think it would be to fly. Oh yes. That's uh, I, I think, uh, just the money I would save on airfare <laughs> right. alone. Okay. And right. plus not that, you know, not to be sitting next to a bunch of creepy people, especially right. these days oh, God, <laughs> when you never know somebody's going to, you know, get up and haul off and hit the stewardess. There was a know? time where you could sit on an airplane and have a, a quietly have a cigarette in your suit. How about that? Big yeah. And relaxing. And you sat in a recliner nowadays. Hey. You're like, am I going to get punched in the face for just hanging right. out? It, yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like I need to bring a plasma rifle with me, you know, if, the, if, if <laughs> they let me that. on with Those it. Those are actually pretty terrible. You don't want to <laughs> do that. bring the pistol. It's one shot to the head. Boom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the, flight. No, I like that. I, yeah, I was, I'm flying. the same way. Yeah. Flying Absolutely. is perfect. Um, okay. Great. Question number two. If after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would you want that to be? Mm. Oh. Now, is it, it can be one of two things. It could be yeah. your favorite sandwich. You're like, ah, oh, that would boots what I'd be. Or a sandwich that you think encompasses Steve Downs? Well, I think both of these would be the, it would be the same sandwich. Okay. It would be uh, a baked Italian sub. Uh, there is an Italian sub of my youth, okay, <laughs> that um, I have pursued for many years. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid growing up in Columbus, Ohio, there was this little pizza joint. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was lit one in a, in a mini mall. Nothing. It was strictly a carry out. They had a couple of tables. Anyway, some of my best friends worked there. We go there all the time on Friday night. I don't remember what their pizza tasted like, but they had this submarine sandwich. And Kevin, as I'm talking to you now, my mouth is watering. I love it. Was those. perfect bread, perfect. Everything was perfect about it. I have searched the world over, and I'm not kidding. I've searched the world over, and I cannot find. find I, I cannot find. So, if I could come back as it, then I could eat myself, and I would be happy. <laughs> and then you could just start a cycle of reincarnation as exactly. a sandwich, and just be exactly. happy for all eternity eating exactly. yourself. That's perfect. That's the most creative answer I think I've heard. So, so that's perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So far, you're doing great. You've got your one. You've got two out of two so far. You're Excellent. Uh, great. Uh, question number three. Hey, Steve, blue or green? Well, oh, that's a tough one, actually. I was going to say automatically blue because of blue team, but green because the chief is green. I think I got to go green. Ooh, so sorry. Yeah. The answer was blue. <laughs> blue was the answer. Sorry about that. Sorry. So close. So close. Two so very close. Steve, where can be? Are you a social media person? Can people find you and find out what's yes. going on with you? I'm what's, on. Uh, what's all yeah, your I'm stuff? On, I'm on all that stuff. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, even though I don't know how to use it. Uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. 
you, you want some real comedy? What be in the room with me when I'm trying to post something on Instagram? Oh, it right. is it is a laugh riot. I guarantee. Hey, maybe there's a good new YouTube st- uh, series for you right there, Steve. Yeah, Steve well, works Instagram. Yeah, yeah. My kids, my 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 two stepsons keep wanting me to do a YouTube thing of me trying to play Halo, oh. and it would not benefit me oh. in one in because I am the worst Halo player you've oh. ever seen in your it life. It wouldn't benefit you, but it would benefit so many other people. Oh yeah, the everybody. The idea of watching Master Chief who can't play his own game try to yeah. play his own game yeah. right there. Well, I feel like that's a good that's a good like late night comedy show right there. That's a well, that's what it'd be. But Kevin, you wouldn't be laughing with me. You'd be <laughs> laughing at me. So. Yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe after a couple of beers and smoke a little bit, I'll sit and watch anybody play a video game. <laughs> there you go. Even if you can't can't get out of the room. And I'll uh, just be in the back like, hey, the other stick, pick it up on the top. Okay, never mind. Just keep doing it. Never mind. <laughs> okay. And he's going to do that again. Okay. Great. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so Instagram, uh, you're, uh, and you're oh, also on uh, yeah, Cameo Instagram, Twitter, well too, right? You're on Twitter. Oh, I'm on Cameo. Thanks for mentioning that. Oh, great. Um, yeah, that that that's turned into a whole other thing. I just, in fact, I just did. I did a few uh, right before uh, we we uh, started our Zoom call here. But um, uh, yeah, Cameo. You just go on Cameo and uh, search my name, and it'll pop up. And you know. I've done more birthdays and wedding announcements and <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe some of the things people want the chief to say. Uh, but um, yeah, that's a big thing. And yeah, and uh, it, uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. If, yeah. if, if you type in my name, it'll, it'll come up. You know, I'm just reminded of a story from years ago, probably close to 10 now hmm. um, that I, the first show I did here in Chicago, cause I'm an actor as well too, or was for a while. Um, was uh, a show with a couple of guys who were from Chicago. They wrote and they were in it and stuff. And um, <clears throat> one of the guys was a big Halo fan. Uh-huh. And his, uh, his friend was the guy that they worked on the show together. And he was working for a catering company that was catering a party at your house. Mm-hmm. And he, oh. spoke, I guess, spoke to you and said, hey, would you mind autographing a picture for my friend? It's his birthday. It was his best friend coming up. And when I went to go see that guy after he got it, he's like, check this out, man. Look what Andy got for me. I'm like, and this is actually when I learned your name. And I was like, who's that? He's like, that's the fucking master. It's here in Chicago. And I was like, that's awesome. So, um, Coming full circle and learning who you are and wow. now sitting here with you is pretty great. But that's a story. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but yeah, this guy, he was, he was like, well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so, so cool. Very um, cool. Steve, thanks so much. Uh, g- congratulations on everything. I, I'm looking Thank forward you. to Infinite um, and many more down the road as well. And this has been a lot of fun, Kevin. It's uh, yeah. always great to talk to some Chicago people because you're the real deal. Hey, you're the real fucking long, deal. I've been here long enough that when I go home, my mom sounds says, you sound like you're from Chicago. And I said Chicago in front of some people the other day. They said, you said it right. And I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. All right. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So yeah. Yeah. But, uh, thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. My, my pleasure, Kevin. Holy shit. I was just hanging out with master chief. Oh, fucking. <laughs> I was so giddy after that episode. Oh, so much fun. Uh, be sure to check out Halo Impotent coming out this Wednesday, December 8th. Oh my God. We've been waiting so long. Go get it. Um, Enjoy it. Fucking have a blast. Follow Steve. Uh, be sure to check him out when he comes here to Chicago. I mean, that'll be a lot of fucking fun. Maybe I'll run into you there. Woohoo! Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, I'd like to thank my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for his kick-ass theme song, and our dear friend, Miss Corbett Pasco, for the three-question stinger. Be sure to rate and review us, and join us next year when we sit down with a new guest and we ask them that burning question, Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.